Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to reply, guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist comedy podcast for everyone. Hey, I'm Kate Willett. And I'm Mohanad Al-Sheikhi. It is so nice to uh, to be here. Mohanad, you just got back from San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know who else came to New York from San Francisco? Uh... <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, okay. The worst, the worst people. Yeah. All right. So, okay, we gotta. I, there's this piece in Curbed the past couple of days. It made me laugh so fucking hard. It's kind of a short piece, so I'll just read the piece to you, and you can comment on it uh, yeah. a, as you wish. Okay. So the piece is called "Welcome to the Neighborhood" by Cleo Chang. All right. A group of San Francisco transplants and tech-adjacent friends are living near one another off the Morgan L. stop in Brooklyn, and they're calling it the Neighborhood NYC. The vision of this project, which is not a cult, is to bring, quote, high-agency, emotionally intelligent New Yorkers within walking distance of one another, or as they call it, clustering. Again, this is not a cult. Now, okay, my first thought, we're going to keep going in a second, but my first thought is this is just so fucking racist uh yeah oh yeah also also bring high agency emotionally intelligent new yorker within walking distance what do you mean highly intelligent new yorkers when you're not even new york you came from san francisco yeah i mean you know i also moved here from san francisco six years ago i don't think it's bad to move somewhere but this is just no yeah peak uh colonial mentality i think you know exactly yeah. (laughs) yeah um and you know it's like this area of it's a uh, is it east williamsburg bushwick i you know it's gentrification's been accelerating there for years now but you know there's still like yeah, a lot I of love puerto, that they... puerto rican families living there and it's like yeah. just, oh they're not intelligent because why you know it's just really fucked up yeah it's it's just, it's also yeah like I just love that every like f- like few months or like every year like they would find like a new way to rebrand gentrification. Yeah, no, it's really. Uh, it's like yeah, it's it, just it... like. But yeah, I want you to like continue. So because it's so I think bad. what what made me what made me laugh is the description of it. Okay. The so... way they're marketing it. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So Priya Rose. One of the people heading the effort alongside her husband, Andrew Rose, wrote on Substack that they were trying to combine the serendipity of a college campus, the co-creation of Burning Man, the agency of Silicon Valley, the vigor of a Midwestern high school track coach, and the culture of New York City. So how does one create Burning Man on a college campus located in Silicon Valley that's actually Brooklyn? The neighborhood, which is inspired by a similar project in San Francisco, started last summer and currently has 23 people living in it, aside from the tens of thousands of other people who also live in the actual neighborhood. The Rose's ultimate goal is to get to 100 friends in a year and eventually a a thousand ambitious, diverse nerds into one square mile of 
each other something they likened to Hasidic to a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood without orthodoxy. Oh my god. <laughs> They've been documenting their progress on Substack. Um yeah, we'll definitely What a to... nightmare. Yeah. So like it's... nothing about this appeals to me. Like the second you say Burning Man, I'm just like, stop. Yeah, it's uh... I don't want to hear it. I mean, okay, you know what? I'm gonna I I have a tough relationship with this one because I have been to Burning Man four times. When okay. I went to San Francisco when I lived in San Francisco it's just you know you're it, you're going there. It's an easy drive. Your friends are going there, but it has gotten very much more expensive and tech oriented since the. I mean, it's always had techies, but it feels like it's achieved a new level of like rich. There's but, that, always but that's a the other thing. Is like if you want to go, if you want the environment of Burning Man, just go to Burning Man. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to bring Burning Man to people. No, you don't have to bring. No, you can do Burning Man on your own. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you if you like college campuses, go to grad school. There are so many options here. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of insane. So, all right, it goes on a little bit more. Um, first was choosing the neighborhood, which had to be nice but not too nice. They toured Williamsburg, but ultimately decided on the Morgan Stop because they claim it is quote at the frontier of culture in New York City. Uh, wow, frontier. That's uh, a yeah, amazing. Definitely, definitely doesn't have any uh, implications there, uh, which is an extremely creative new way to describe gentrification. Wow. Pointing to this tweet to helpfully explain. Okay, so here's the tweet from a user named David Perel. New York culture follows the L train. One, creativity begins in Bushwick, where rents are cheap. Uh, two, ideas trickle to Williamsburg, which is corporate but artistic. Three, major institutions like Google and the Whitney Museum at the end of the L train pick up ideas and share them. So, you know, it's pretty wow. Um, it's very, uh, I mean, wow. obviously the, the, <laughs> the L train uh, does not, in fact, start in, in Bushwick. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's just basically they're saying that creativity starts where the white people start living. And... <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Next time I have someone come to New York, I'm just like, no, no, no. I know you've seen the pyramids. You've seen the Eiffel Tower. No, no, I'll take you to actual culture, the Morgan stop. Come yeah. with me to the L train. You're going to see it. Yeah, it's I think it's, it's I think it starts in East uh in East Flatbush, and um, it's a uh, very um, in Canarsie. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like it's just an extremely that's just an extremely fucked up way to describe like yeah. culture and where it begins. And I don't know. I just I really hate these people. I Google searched that or I Twitter searched one of the the woman who was giving the quotes. And she's it will this will surprise uh, not our listeners not at all that uh, her interest is in a in being a huge GMB. She's a self-identified neoliberal, like self-identified. I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, I'll just finish the article. So Rose outlines in a post how they got their friends to move to the neighborhood first by getting them familiar with the area. Again, this is just East Williamsburg's. East Williamsburg. She started hosting dinner parties, then offered friends short-term sublets 
in their apartment and another apartment in the building across the hall that they co-signed. Then she started sending people listings for rentals in the area. All of this hard work has been done in the hopes of eventually fulfilling their vision of a co-owned multifamily building with a solar punk school and co-working space. Think Montessori times MIT Media Lab times Aristotle times Chobani. In the meantime, the neighborhood is busy writing substacks about the neighborhood. One of Rose's friends, Daniel Golaher, who shares a loft in the neighborhood with four friends, wrote a post about how much he loves it. Has no one told him about McKibben lofts? The trick to having roommates, Golaher notes, is to live with excellent people, such as those who are part of the neighborhood. He also suggests purchasing $250 Sony noise-canceling headphones. This is not living recklessly, oh. but it can be living breathlessly. Golaher writes of the idea of having roommates. It's the glory of the sprint, the trial of human vigor against, real of, against wow. reality. I mean, it's just like... In, wow. it's, this is just fucking nuts. I mean, it's like, the, like these people are like, oh yeah, we innovated uh, living with roommates. Um, yeah, that's that's so like. It's also like the fact that like only like twenty three people live there now, and they want to grow it to like whatever number, and it's just like, so this is not even like gonna affect like a big number of people, like literally, like. Even a thousand people, that's still not a lot of people. Like, well, that's not just, what community is. Yeah, and it's just like there's, I mean, it's just this, this I mean, I know this is kind of like the, the main thing that's funny and horrible about this article is there's already people living there. Like the idea yeah. that the people living there are just worthless and that they don't count or something because they're not part of this like elite tech bro circle. It's just so- Exactly, yeah. So are they like, also like, are those people like, once they get to the, the magic 1000 number, uh, are they going to like stop other people from the neighborhood from like frequenting the same coffee shops they go to? Is it like, do, will they have their own spots that are just like exclusive to them? Is it going to be membership only? Cause I'm just confused about like how they're just ignoring other people in the neighborhood. Um, what is, uh, yeah, I don't, man, it's I don't know. I mean, obviously, like gentrification and what's happening in New York City um, is, you know, and, and really all over the country is, you know, a huge there's just massive amounts of displacement yesterday. There was a I'm going to pull up this post in the this article from The Washington Post yesterday. But, you know, there's just massive displacement taking place in basically every American city where, you know, people of color. Uh, low-income people are getting, you know, pushed out of the cities to the suburbs and then, you know, a huge influx of white residents. And I'm not, you know, it's in a way is a weird thing to be talking about because I am a white resident who moved here. But I think that it's like it's important to understand that these things are not about individuals moving it's the systematic replacement yeah, yeah. of the poor for profit and of course you know yeah. and it's like you know I, I don't think anyone is saying like people shouldn't be able to move somewhere but there's just this of fucking course, colonial yeah. mentality that like underlies all of this type of shit 
And just the idea Exactly, that yeah. like we that you it's not just that you are moving somewhere, but that you have to completely remake the neighborhood to like cater to your tech bro aesthetics and you know, instead of just like living Exactly, where you live, yeah. patronizing the local businesses, it's just really fucked up. I hate it. Yeah, I think it, it makes no sense. Exactly. Like you said, no one is stopping them from moving anywhere. It's just like the neighborhood exists like it is. If you like it, just stay there. If you don't, then find the place that like... Exactly. It's just like I don't understand wanting to transform something to what you want it when you can just go. I'm sure there are spaces that exist that exactly what this is, what they're trying to create. Just go and live there. Like, So I don't know. I, I just pulled up this Washington Post article that I was talking about. Okay, Brooklyn, Kings County, where, where we both live, um, gained uh, 54,026 54, white residents, and it lost 18,784 residents. Um, D.C. gained uh, about 37,000 white residents, lost, lost about 2,000 non-white residents, Uh, Denver gained 25,000 white residents, lost about 10,000 non-white residents. Um, Philly, it's uh, 21,000 white residents, lost about um, 6,700 non-white residents. And, you know, it's just like this, it's this pattern that's happening all over the country. And um, I think, you know, Yeah. there's just, man, you know, none of us alone uh, or maybe even together are powerful enough to stop the forces of capital here. But it's like you can at least not try to start a tech bro cult that you, Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also I also love that this sounded like an ad for uh in the article sounded like an ad for Sony. You're like, are you tired of hearing people complain about gentrification? Well, for two hundred and fifty dollars, you can cancel that. No, you don't have to listen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I just I know so many of these types of people from San Francisco and they're just they're so deeply oh man, it's just it's just so deeply unpleasant sometimes. Um Yeah, you know, yeah. but I mean, I think the fact that they're unpleasant, you know, that it's kind of beside the point because like, it is funny to make fun of people like that, but what Yeah. the real point is is, is like people are people are losing their homes um and that is Of not course, funny at yeah. all it's very sad and it's fucked up and you know um obviously uh there's this huge debate about whether we can achieve you know equity by you know just building a bunch of random shit That is, I mean, I, I, I think I've made my opinions on it on that clear that we can't, but Yeah. um, I don't know. It's just, these people are so annoying. They're all the like same, um, like, uh, what is it? What was that thing called? The SBF thing, the like, what effective Yeah. altruism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's hard to change their minds when like they literally think that they're doing good. They think that they're like, no, you don't get it. You're like we're improving at this for everyone. Everyone Yeah. will benefit from this. And then when you ask how can how can we see him like, no, you you can't see it now, but in a hundred years the effects will be there. I'm like, but I'm not gonna be around for that. Why does it like I don't wanna wait for a hundred years? <laughs> Maybe they'll be around for it because they're doing like weird tech I guess. guy shit to preserve their bodies. 
I honestly think that's their like plan. Like they think like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna like keep living and eventually like, like but I'm like, I don't I, I don't wanna live for a hundred years to start with. So no. yeah, I would like to I would yeah. like to extend my life like 10, 15 years, but at a certain point, I'm just fucking done, you know? Exactly. At some point, you're like, I don't want to be around. This is, I don't recognize any of this, these people. Yeah. 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 The kids, I don't want to hang out with them. But, you know, it's, um, I'll link both of those articles in our show notes. Um, so, Joe Biden's State of the Union was last night. I, Incredible not. stuff. Tell me, uh, tell me what happened. I haven't, I haven't dug into it whatsoever. Okay, the main, the big and main highlight is that uh, they, they brought the, uh, they got the parents of the uh, uh, Memphis police shooting victim. They brought them here. They dragged them to uh, the state of the union. Uh, we're talking about Terry Nicholas, and at first, you know, it was good. You know, like they, like. Joe Biden acknowledged them and then, you know, they stood up, people clapped, both like Republicans and Democrats and all of that. Joe Biden did this whole thing about like, you know, how black and brown parents have to talk, have the talk with their kids about like police and like how to avoid like, not avoid getting in trouble, but like police brutality and all of that stuff and how they have to be careful and that these kids deserve to go home at night to their families and I was like, oh, okay, this is this all sounds good. But then right immediately right after that, it was like, I mean, we need to give the police more money and more training. We just need to train them better. And that's the issue. We also, you know, these people also want to go to their families at night. And it's so dangerous to be a police officer. And they have to do so much. They have to be social workers. They have to be this. They have to be that. And I was just like, what What are you even saying? Like, the parents of this kid are just, like, sitting right there after, like, seeing their kid be killed by five police officers. And now you're here just talking about fucking like funding the police more, and like I, I truly was just like, where is this going? Like, do you want Republicans to like you? They don't like you. They're literally like yelling like during this speech, uh, like Republicans were yelling a few of like the representative and stuff, calling him a liar in the middle of the speech. I'm like, stop, stop trying to appeal to them, you fucking psycho. That is so psycho, man. It is, you know, I mean, I think that people just like, I don't want to say people forgot because a lot of people didn't forget, but Joe Biden always been extremely pro cop, you know, always yeah. suggested responding to the defund protests, um, in the George Floyd protests in you know, by funding the police more. Like, he's just, you know, the Democratic Party in general, um, yeah. like, at least at that level, is extremely, extremely, you know, pro not only, like, existing police, but, like, expansion of the police. Um, and, of course, uh, yeah. Yeah. It is just very disheartening. Um, yeah. And then he, he also had this few things where he, like, you know, he had his speech and everything, but he was, like, would riff every now and then and he was talking about like uh he was talking about like you know imposing more taxes on like 
like like stock rebuying and stuff like that. He was like basically like oil companies, like you know, made so much money uh, in in the last year and so. But then he was like he just riffed and said, "But you know, we still need oil, and we're probably gonna need it for the next decade or so." And and Republicans just like started laughing, and I was like, even you're trying to appeal to them, they're still laughing at you. Yeah. Like, like was like the whole message was supposed to be like about climate change and like how we're gonna like transition away from oil and all of that stuff, but he couldn't stop himself. Yeah. It had to be like we still need oil, we still like oil, and it, the, even then, it still did not work out. Uh, and I was just like, what out? Like, like Democrats are just like I like. I mean, we already we both know this. Like Republicans are like evil, but Democrats are such fucking losers. It's such so embarrassing. Yeah, this the way you're describing this it makes it sound like we had um when when I was a little girl, there was this uh I, I was best friends with this girl named Jade and her little sister yeah. would always try to hang out with us and she would just always yeah. do, do things to try to make us think that she was cool and we were just like we're never gonna think you're cool <laughs> like it's just not it's not happening like we have to let you play with us because it's the rules that your mom set but yeah you know she was just a little pipsqueak and that's what joe biden is being i mean in a way that's like a not really fair way to represent it because he's not a pipsqueak he's the most powerful individual probably yeah in the entire world yeah and um oh yeah he also uh oh i forgot about that one but he also uh said uh something something taylor's mom and his name is Tyree. It's not Taylor. That's I was so like, my man, up. can you please just get the name right? What are we doing here? It's one name. Just remember it. Doesn't take much. So, what are the parts of this State of the Union that people liked? What are people like saying that they? He talked. I mean, he talked a bit about like you know how uh, they added more, way more jobs than any other president in history, and all of that. Uh, and you know, most like fact checkers were like, "This is true," but like also you have to remember that they, we have more people now, so it's not really like percentage wise, it's not really that different. It's just that we have more people now, so we obviously have more jobs. It's not really, uh, it's not, it's not anything. Uh, he talked a bit about the infrastructure and how like the U.S. is like n- now number thirteen, and that. He's going to like, you know, we're going to bring it back to number one again. And over and over again, that that part that was just like fucking like, again, to go back to just like trying to appease Republicans, just thanking Republicans over and over again for like, thank you for voting for us. Thank you for doing this with us. I'm very excited to continue working with you. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? Stop. This is yeah. so embarrassing. It's like, so embarrassing. Like, I, the thing is, like, I don't like how old is Joe Biden? Like 78 79 i think at this point 79 I don't know when his if i was, was like 79 like what like you have how many years left to live probably not i would just many. fucking go rogue yeah <laughs> i feel like he has gone rogue like a few times yeah i guess bit, this is know? him being he's going just like, rogue he's like fuck it we're pulling out of afghanistan like nope i'm not listening to anybody about it i'm not taking feedback <laughs> like we're leaving i would yeah. just be, i would literally like just be like Kevin McCarthy like suck my dick. Yeah, that you would know, be just so like even funny. Like, <laughs> don't even like shake his hand or anything. But it's so insane to me, and I just like, and also like, 
they call you like they're like standing up calling you a liar and i'm just like i would have said something about that you know like acknowledge it or something but he's just like no i still believe that we can still work together and and all of that stuff and i'm just like you're fucking i don't know man it's not gonna work it's not gonna happen ever absolutely yeah man it's it's very pathetic meanwhile yeah other than that it was super boring honestly like literally just like it's just underwhelming and like you know i mean they they say they always sit promise so much stuff they're gonna do but then they don't do it so it's like yeah. who who kind of cares uh but you know there is actually something kind of cool that is happening right now which is like a surprising surprising thing from joe biden um i saw this from journalist ken clippenstein who's a friend of the show um so the federal trade commission um yeah. is probably gonna ban non-compete agreements do you know what those are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so if, for you know anybody that has like worked in the tech industry at all has probably had to you know, maybe sign one of these types of agreements where basically, you know, you sign it when you get a job that says that you will not go work for one of their competitors. And the way that it's always framed is in terms of like, you know, intellectual property, like we have this private knowledge and you can't go, you know, share this with another company. It's only fair. But, you know, the real effect of this and probably the real purpose of it, too, is to depress wages because people are not allowed to sort of like shop around for the company that's going to pay them the best. Yeah, exactly. You know, as much as I in my love hate relationship with tech workers, they're workers and they deserve to be. Paid yeah, of course. Paid. Yeah. They just don't yeah. deserve to start the neighborhood. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Morgan, I'll stop. Um, but so, no, you know, this, this is also another thing, by the way, that Joe Biden, I believe, riffed on, but got it wrong uh, about the non compete uh, agreements and stuff. He was like, he was like, yeah. So if you're like uh, a worker at McDonald's, you can't quit your job and go work at a KFC a few miles over and make more money. And everyone was just like, what are you talking about? This is not what this is. Yeah. Like, is, is the worker from KFC gonna like take the secret recipe to McDonald's or something? Like yeah. that is not it. It does not matter. Yeah, it's like no. I think that's the opposite of this actually. But yeah, yeah. So the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is mobilizing against this. Uh, the largest uh, business lobby in the country, and they're framing it. Uh, according to this article, as competition in the marketplace, um, which is, mm. it's the opposite of competition. It's literally called a non-compete agreement. Like it has exactly. no yeah. competition right there. So, you know, obviously uh, the, the support for the free market rings pretty fucking hollow here, I would say, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, truly. Because like, yeah, because like the whole thing is like about like how capitalism uh, and the free market like encourages like innovation and like competing and how we need competition to grow more ideas and stuff. And like you said, they're literally being like, we're making you sign a contract where you cannot compete with us. Yeah. Even if you have bad ideas, no one gets to take them or hear them or develop them or anything. And it's just like, have you considered being more innovative? Like that's, that's, you know, I'm just spitballing here. Like instead of just like stopping people from sharing ideas yeah it's or maybe hey pay these people more and treat them more so they can stay and give you their ideas 
so many other options truly yeah i mean it's um you know this is this has been this this has been spearheaded by the ftc chair lena khan um and you know the chamber of commerce is probably going to sue um to try to stop it might not be able to stop yeah it, though it, it seems like there's a good chance that this is actually going to happen um yeah you know khan has been um she's been saying that there's a monopoly case against amazon which mm. yeah, i think joe biden talks about monopolies in the state of the union right i don't I know believe so yeah yeah but um you know it's possible that there will be some some movement here Just, which is like the agreements would be a great thing for workers at least for for some workers who have been yeah working in industries with these types of agreements um absolutely yeah but that kind of like links to the other subject which is like the uh massive like tech layoffs and, and and all of that and like the reason behind them and you know how most of these companies are just like you know fired people so they can get give the shareholders you know like like save the money uh, for the most part because they have failed in being innovative yeah the fucking uh, stock buybacks that shit is crazy yeah. that that's legal like when i heard that that was legal i mean it, i wasn't a yeah. hundred percent surprised but it seems like the kind of thing that would be obviously illegal and i think it did used to be illegal um until yeah uh, the reagan administration um yeah so yeah it's insane because you're just like because like yeah when you when you explain it in plain terms you're like you're like this doesn't sound right because like it it's it it sounds easy to do it's just you have to be unethical enough by so you're like so it has to be illegal and they're like nope you can you can do that i guess they were just banking on people not doing it and being good people yeah um so, yeah so like to to give specifics meta laid off twelve thousand people last year and um saw their shares rise 20 percent um and did a 40 billion dollar stock buyback program um yeah yeah the uh you know so they're just they're getting returns on their investments through massive layoffs and yeah which is insane because like like now you're making money because people lost their jobs not because you've introduced a new product exactly or anything yeah because yeah, like the metaverse was big fail it was a it big was so flop. stupid yeah no money was made from that uh and like and 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 the same can be said about like so many other companies you know the crypto companies and all of that stuff they had to fire people because like they twitter as well you know they failed to deliver any meaningful impact or products and now they just have to fire people to make money. And also I feel like part of it is like, it's not, it's, I mean, obviously there's the money aspect, but I also think that they're like, there's the mentality of, this, of the, uh, those workers have had it too good for too long and we have to show them who's boss. Exactly. Yeah. A way of disciplining labor, especially with like the addition of remote work, you know, for a lot of people during the past few years of the pandemic which for tech is mostly fine. I mean, there's not a lot of reason yeah. that you need to code in an office, you know? The way people are upset about the fact that people can like do other things during their day and still do work. And people are like, no, you can't, you're not. What do you mean that you can like make lunch and also do work? Yeah, that doesn't seem right to in, me. Pet your cat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it, and and it's just like as if like you have to be extremely miserable at a fucking cubicle or an office for your work to be meaningful. And I'm like, well, I'm still doing the same amount of work. Why can't I also be happy? And they're like, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. And it's yeah. There's I don't been, know. Like, it, <laughs> there's been like, have you seen this like wave of propaganda that are like commuting is great for your mental health. It's like fuck you, man. Um, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, I just I, I just want to understand how is it good for my like. This is like maybe said to someone who's never commuted in their lives. I guess they were like in a bunker for 15 years, but I've commuted all the time. My mental health is does not change. It's not being improved by commuting. Some would argue it's being made worse when I used to commute to work. So I guess the last thing I want to talk about today is uh, Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. So what is it like? Um, like Warner Brothers released a video game based on Harry Potter and... <laughs> Um, you people are trying to decide if they should boycott it or not. Um, man, I have you yeah. have you seen this game? I've I've seen that, and I think the main complaint now from uh people who are refusing to boycott it or like on the fence about it is that people have been sharing spoilers about the game. I mean. And it's just like... Isn't it based on the plot of Harry Potter anyway? Or no, there's different things that happen. It is, but also like there's like some differences and stuff like that from what I read. And it's also like, Jesus Christ, the, the way that they're just like... Uh, people are sharing it and being like, this is one of the best games I've ever seen. I don't play video games that much, but it doesn't look like any of the best games I've ever seen. I've played better games, I believe. Uh, and all people just being like, uh, does me enjoying this game make me transphobic? Like transphobic? And I'm just like, no, but you saying this kind of makes me think you are. I mean, I just think we have to ban all gaming in general. Like, we just can't really I, have I, people I'm not gaming. against that. Really? I'm not, I've never had a I'm man support that. me in this before. No, yeah. It's just... It's, it's too much. Like, I don't know. Go, go play a sport or run outside or watch TV. There's so much else to do that is not that is not gaming. I've never seen anything that has been improved by gaming. And yeah. I'm saying that as someone who sometimes play video games. Which ones do you play? I honestly mostly just play soccer. Like I have a feel like a FIFA video game. Okay. I gotta, okay. I have this video game that I would say that you'd also like and it's called Stray. And it's basically just like you play as a stray cat. Oh, I would like that game. I think. In an abandoned city. That sounds you're, fun. You're looking for your uh, other fellow cast that you've lost along the way. And it's such a beautiful game. That's the only game where I'm just like, yes, I want him to, I want to help him find his friends. Yeah. It, oh, that I, I like the one game I loved is I loved, um, I loved Tetris growing up. Yeah. It was a good Soviet game. Um, just a nice, uh, <laughs> maybe the basis of my socialism. I don't know. Probably not. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's like J.K. Rowling is making money off this game and, you know, of she course, yeah. is donating that money to, uh, to transphobic 
shit, you know, like, she, this is, like, her being a fucking horrible transphobe is her main issue. So, for me, it's, like, a no-brainer to not fuck yeah. with this. I mean, yeah, there's no ethical yeah. consumption under capitalism or whatever, but it's, like, also, like, this is not, like, a need. This is not, like, you know. Yeah. I think it's also, like, clearly so many people are doing it literally just, like, out of spite. Do you remember how you much know? the libs loved Harry Potter a few years ago? You know, it was like, Elizabeth Warren is Hermione, like, before. Yeah. That was a big one. I feel this has been a very, like, shaking time for people. It, oh, my God. I know. I know. And it's also, like, I feel like what's, what's stupid about all of this is just, like, there's so much, so many other video games, so much content, so many books, so many, like, worlds that have been, like, created and so, like... So you can do all of that, but you're doing it out of spite. You're just you're trying to prove something, which is kind of like make it makes it very pathetic. So you paid like what I don't know how much is the game seventy dollars, sixty dollars. You paid that much so you can just post a tweet about it. Like if you actually did it for the game itself, you just buy the game and play it. No, no one is asking you questions. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Didn't think about yeah. it that way. Like no, no one, one knows know. what you're doing. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I'll be honest, don't tell anyone, but I have ordered things that I needed from companies that I don't really support, but it would be, like, so fucking horrible to, you know, be like, like, I'll give you an example. I couldn't find um, a, like, a thing to make my microphone work that wasn't from Amazon. I needed yeah. a small part. I just got it. But it's like, just to go online and be like, Amazon is the greatest company. It's like, we just, we do what we need to do. I guess this is kind of being hypocritical because I talked about it now, but it's, I'm just looking at it. I still feel bad. You know? No, I, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Cause sometimes you're like, you know, everything is closed and there's only, only Chick-fil-A open. Yeah. So well, what are you going to do? But Sunday. That is, that is true, which is okay. Cause I'm, I'm on like at church the whole day. Yeah. So it's fine for me. But no, but it's just like the bragging about it. Like it just being like, just like it might, like me just like posting a picture, like holding Chick-fil-A and be like, this is all I fucking eat. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, cool, man. Yeah. Well, enjoy. There are other like stuff that you can eat, but it's just like the bragging about it. and just being like in your face. And it's just like, okay, man, that's, that's awesome. Hope you're, hope you're happy. Did you see that? Um, I think the Republican primary Speaking of transphobia, the Republican primary is going to be getting started soon because uh, <laughs> Donald Trump called Ron DeSantis a pedophile. So, oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Am I, I a bad that. person that I sort of can't wait to watch these people tear each other down mercilessly? I really... It's also funny because a lot of like people who are like now are pro DeSantis, yeah, who are now you know uh, heard Trump say that. Obviously, they used to be, they voted for Trump in the past. They're posting pictures of Trump with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm like, you're the last one to talk. And I'm just like, oh, so this picture matters now? Yeah. Because they did it in the past. It was just like someone who he just took a picture with. But now he's a groomer. I agree with you. He is. But I'm just glad that you came to this side now that it benefits you. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't think. Republicans are going to support Trump because they're just, like, so tired of him at this point. And they have DeSantis who are, like, as crazy, but, like, very, like, <laughs> like or organized evil. 
You yeah, know? I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. Because I feel like Trump probably has, to some extent, a fan base that is still loyal to him. And yeah, but I it's just, not as big. I don't, yeah, I, I, I really could. I, I just really can't say what's going to happen. I, I just don't know. Um, I know. And also, we don't even know if, <laughs> if Biden is running or not. We're just like left just. I think he's running. Is it, doesn't he say I mean, he's he has already? to. Yeah. I mean, he obviously, because like, here's the thing if he doesn't run, who's going to run? I, I can't think of anyone. Yeah. I mean, they can't let Kamala do it. And, you know, absolutely not. She just is. I mean, every single time there's an opportunity to display any kind of political courage whatsoever. I mean, she just biffs it like unbelievably so. Like after Roe versus Wade, when she did that interview and they were like, what are your plans to do? What are you guys going to do about this? And she just looks like, what do you mean? What are we going to do? It's like, dude, that's the whole question. Like you knew that that was the question that you were coming on the interview to answer. It's not really a gotcha. It's that's the point of this interview is to say what you're going to do. You know, I know I like literally every question that has been asked to her in that interview felt like it was a trick question, even though it was not, it was just like very straightforward. Like you said, what are you going to do about this? And they're like, are you fucking doing this to me right now? I think that they Cannot would not believe you'd ask me, the vice president, what we're supposed to do. I think that they would possibly let Mayor P run uh, if Biden uh, was out. I think maybe. Yeah, I guess people do like him. And they're like, you know, uh, and he's like good at like, like, I guess like the <coughs> Mayor P is like more like Biden, I guess. But like, he's like, does not have the... Uh, he doesn't riff that much or like have these like, you know. Yeah, I think Biden is substantially more likable than Mayor Pete. Um, yeah, there's because, that too. Because Joe Biden is kind of, I don't know, like he's just, he's not as polished. And there's something about Pete's polish that I think in the post-Obama. He post is very Obama, robotic, yeah. Yeah, in the post-Obama era, era comes across a little sociopathic. I think it would have been completely different in, like, 2012. He's definitely but, a sociopath, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I can't think of anyone, honestly. Like, literally, like, now, like, Dem Democrats... Like, you have, like, progressive and socialists and stuff like that, but I'm just, like, going against DeSantis. I don't know. Bernie Sanders, I'm just, like, he's, like, also as old as... Joe yeah, Biden Bernie at this will point. definitely not run. Absolutely. Yeah, not. Bernie is like, I'm I'm literally like time is linear and this does not work anymore. Um well, okay, so you know, we probably have a while before we get really into primary stuff. Uh sorry yeah. we've been having kind of short episodes. I've been on tour, but we'll be back and we will have some guests for you soon. But until then it's it's been very fun to just riff with ourselves and um yeah we've we have some big news coming very soon yes that's actually a really annoying thing to do to say yeah, it is it is annoying soon. but it's fun okay all right yeah because people that will uh, now you have to listen to the next episode to know what the news is or what yeah. you know maybe we'll post about it on social media but it is news and it's big okay all right thank you so much bye-bye thank you so much for listening to reply guys if you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Muhammad Al-Sheikhi. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song is performed by Emily Fremgen and written by Emily with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. 
If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at KateWallet with two L's and two T's, and I am at Mohanad al And Twitter is where you can find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land.